Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the Game Week 8 pod of the FPL Wire. I'm your host, Zofa, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Late Riser and Pras. Neither of them are on wildcard this week, but some have itchier fingers than others. Is that right, LR? Uh, yeah, um, I'm quite okay. I I think between Pras and I, probably I'm a little closer to wildcard because I think his team is a little more stable than mine, did. In mine is at the moment, but... You know, for a guy that had 30 points this week and his defense reads Kabore, Estupinan, Bayer, Botman and Chilwit, and uh, a guy who supports Manchester United, I'm surprisingly calm. I'm not too worried. Uh, we'll see what happens. I've taken the last two days to look in depth in terms of what a game week 8 wildcard versus a later wildcard looks. And uh, I'm all right. I'll see what happens. How about you, Pras? How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Another week, another... Slap in the face, another kick in the wherevers, and uh, we move on. We dust ourselves. And uh, as we said last week, it's about what you do from here, not about what happened. So it is fine. I don't think what has gone in terms of outcomes or the picks, but it's fine. I think we have to sort of evaluate everything from what we have learned and what we do going forward. What calm you for us. I think you want, mm-hmm. I want, you're telling us, sorry, for, before stream, like you didn't want to go on tilt. Go on tilt. It's fine. A lot of us are on tilt. So why not? Like the, the tilt here is I go to office yesterday. Guy sits in front of me. He's in this league and I've been winning this league five years in a row. This guy in front of me says, hey, do you know I'm 30 points ahead of you? I said, well, okay, great. The guy next to me is like, I'm 50 points ahead of you. And I was like, really? 50 points? And I checked. It's true. So basically there is this element of not casual, not anything, but some people have, re- it has really worked out. And for some people like me, nothing has worked out. Does it mean you can make up? 100% I'm confident. Both these guys, I'm going to beat them by the end of the season. But it's not a nice feeling. You know, it's not a nice place to be. Yeah, I don't think I, I do that. think though, because of the options that we have, right? Like, I think next week, Zoff and my team will have five or six options that are different. 
because of the way the pricing is done the options that you don't have are going to be potentially explosive options no matter what you do and that just makes the game interesting because you're fighting against five or six good picks every week and that is i don't see that changing for a while yeah yeah and you know the best part is both these guys again from the same story one of them has tripier one of them has watkins both of them i told them four weeks ago these are good picks this is the <laughs> irony of it right so good picks will do well and you won't own all of them this is basically what you said you know what's happened though right pras it's it's is the thing is that it, it's it's a case of meri bivi meri billi mujhe mia what has happened is that i don't feel that bad because tripier and watkins aren't my boys tripier and watkins are your boys and Man. you've been on them you've been talking Have them up for such a comments in my wildcard video you know the one i did in first international break game week 4 the comments yeah. are watkins why would you have watkins right now tripier how can you have double newcastle defense right and those are the comments well yeah. i think it worked out but obviously i didn't wildcard but those who did really did well right so of your uh, team finally our team finally clocked a win yesterday uh, how do you feel about that feeling good i'm happy with the scorers especially broya and mudrik mudrik you could tell right it meant so much to him as if the weight has been lifted off his shoulders even broya i was waiting for him to come back into the team you can go back 3 4 pods i've been on about how broya needs to come back i think he's a step above jackson i'm glad he's back a little bit worried about an injury midway but he said post game now it was just tiredness we expect him to be available i think he's going to start ahead of jackson but we need to talk about sterling and we will when we come to chelsea later on whether he gets back into the team because mudrik also was substituted with an injury but they asked him again post game he said he's also fine so i don't know if sterling will get back into a winning team we don't have a large enough sample size for pochettino to judge that whether he sticks with a winning formula or not so i think we are all going to be guessing nice nice and you quite enjoyed uh, lampard's uh, uh, display on monday night football how does it feel to see your probably favorite footballer ever yeah as close between him and drogba but it's like nice, nice, it's nice. like whichever hands you prefer your left hand or your right hand you need both of them that's where i am with yeah. those guys right 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 get on let's get on with the sponsor plus yes, and dive right up. in let's do that first up fantasy scout yes so as always all the stats that you see on the uh, fpl wire are from the fantasy football scout members area if you aren't a member already please click on the link in the description below the tables are absolutely fabulous and you know now we have 7 8 weeks of data it just makes it even more worthwhile because if you can't catch all the games if you can't catch all the highlights it's it's about a 15 minute 20 minute uh, time duration that you spend in the members area and 7 8 weeks of data is sustainable for you to draw some conclusions from it so you know it's a good time to become a member click on the link in the description below and you guys also know we have partnered with nord vpn If you're bored of the streaming libraries that are available in your country, you can expand your selection using NordVPN with the click of a button. There are over 5,000 plus server options available, so no content is out of your reach. Privacy is a big deal too for all of us. Nord keeps your data encrypted and your IP address hidden to ensure complete privacy while you're browsing the internet. They've also added a new threat protection feature. You can say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. If you sign up using our creator code nordvpn.com forward slash fplwire, you get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. They also offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Sign up using the link in the description below. 
Also, you know, Adam told me that we have a very low views to like ratio. So I'm just going to mention a couple of times and I want to do this early. We've got a few people watching us, joining us. Just hit the like and subscribe button. It really helps us with the algorithm and uh, we'd always be grateful for that. Where should we start, guys? Should we dive into the wildcard discussion first? Because a lot of people are in wildcard this week and we can integrate that discussion for non-wildcarders like myself as well. Yeah, I think that's just a good place to start general plus you want to just uh i think a good place to start would be to big picture what wildcard 8 team looks like big picture what uh game week 10 wildcard looks like wildcard wildcard windows side so plus what's the difference between the 8 and the 10 wildcarders that we're looking at as of now so look i think wildcard 8 has a fairly set things that they need to do they need to triple up on spurs because spurs have luton and fulham at home so you will see spurs defender madison and son if you're off the camp that you want to keep Haaland, and I think, again, we keep repeating it, but we are off the camp, so you'll have Haaland. You'll get Salah now. And that's the core of your team. And then let's say you get Diaby and Cash as the two other Villa guys, and you get Watkins. I've already formed like seven players out of what your wildcard should look like. So for me, wildcard eight is something that makes sense for teams that don't have players from these teams. So if you're not heavy on Spurs already, if you don't have Villa... It's a good time to wildcard. No issues with it at all. The negative of wildcard eight is you may have to pick, make choices which are not ideal. Like if you're picking Ariola on your wildcard, Ariola doesn't have the best fi- next two fixtures. If you're picking Bowen or if you're picking Ward Prowse, he they don't have the next two best fixtures. Villa, you can argue, has good fixtures from now on, but you could also potentially wait. So there are some ifs and you know what are the sacrifices that you're making to afford a madison son salah harland watkins you could sacrifice one of these guys or you have to sacrifice in some slot game week 10 wildcard obviously misses out on the points that the game week 8 wildcard will score in the next two weeks that is through salah going big against brighton and against everton it could be watkins continuing to do what he's doing or diaby or cash it could be if you're not tripled up on spurs then that could hurt you but game week 10 wildcard, the pros are that number one, you have more information. So number one, you have more information on these teams. So you know if Darwin is now nailed or not, or and every other thing. When we come to the draft, we'll talk about it. But the plus is you have a much more bluer sky in terms of what you want to do to differentiate. Because now Brighton are second in the ticker. Arsenal are third in the ticker. West Ham have a clear run of good fixtures as fourth in the ticker. You could choose to differentiate and say, I want Saka in my team instead of a Madison. I want, I don't want Sun in my team because actually now if I look at Spurs, the next four aren't the greatest. You could agree to disagree, but I'm saying there's more areas where you can say, I can choose to be a little bit more different and hop on off these teams. So somebody like me, when I'm thinking about it, I'm saying if I wildcard now, you know, think of it as two lanes when you're in a traffic jam. And let's say your lane, you're seeing that it's not moving fast enough and I'm behind in my traffic. I'm going to switch to this lane, which is where everybody is switching. You've locked in being behind some some other car. You see what I mean in terms of my example? So if you're behind that car and that also switched and you also switch, you're now going to be behind that car. Maybe you can say, I'm going to stick to my lane and I will switch at a later time when I see another lane that is moving faster. So that's basically the thinking between 8 and 10, very high level. Just, you know, what comes to my mind when you're thinking about and when I was looking at this difference because I was very seriously considering a wildcard and still am. I, I think both of us are on the same page where I think one serious injury to one of our attackers or a playing defender probably takes us to the wildcard button. But 
it comes down to the age old debate of form versus fixtures like most of us that aren't wild carding at the moment own players from a couple of players from united and chelsea now united are showing no ounce of form whatsoever team doesn't look to be in a good shape but they do play brentford at home who've looked fairly poor compared to their own standards themselves and sheffield united away so yeah it's a form versus fixtures debate there and then there is both of us own sterling so yep. there is that question also and whether he plays or not now if i'm wild carding i currently own madison and son if i'm wild carding who am i replacing rashford and uh, could replace sterling with i'm replacing them with diaby and bowen for example i'm jumping on players from west ham and villa who have a great run of fixtures game week 10 onwards but what happens in game week 8 is they play newcastle at home and they play aston villa away and uh, aston villa have wolves away we saw what they did and they have their they leave their best form for their home games and then west ham and villa sort of play each other and you don't know what kind of a match up that is you know so that's the question that's the potential of loss of points of teams in form that you're losing out playing the fixture card and what are you losing out on potential team value because price rises are going crazy yep and the second thing is the value of information and i think the third thing that you mentioned in your twitter today is the rate at which players are dropping like flies like i think i think it's very luck dependent for example but in my head i'm like i just am slightly more comfortable wild carding after the international break just so that i know what the injuries are looking like just because of how frequent and how many players are getting injured at the moment that's where I am. and like you mentioned the dif- the opportunity to differentiate if you're looking at the game week 10 wild card zofic could move to, to move to that like a couple of nuances you're definitely going on a spurs defender at the moment and probably a second midfielder at the moment you're potentially avoiding that spurs defender on a game week 10 wild card because they have chelsea villa city in 11 12 and 14 you're probably going heavier on arsenal who have a longer term greater run of purview uh and then the, the, it isn't going to be an easy wild card like i was trying to play around with drafts etc fitting in son who's got a good run of fixtures and even if he doesn't have a great run of fixtures he is the striker in an ange postcoglu team i reckon he's on pace for 20 plus goals this season as a midfielder i think that's huge uh you have bowen who has a great run of fixtures you have saka potentially a second arsenal attacker gabriel jesus martinelli if they emerge as picks there defenders you have liverpool have a great run of fixtures and then you have the haaland conundrum as well it's going to be really difficult to afford all these good players if united flip the switch in the next couple of weeks their fixtures are pretty good too you know so it's not going to be easy and i just hope i don't get another injury that forces the hand this week i'd much rather wait for tennis where i am So what are your counter- thoughts off in general so some counter arguments firstly i think i agree with most of you said but there are something like see injuries can happen anytime you can wild card yeah. now and you could have two injuries next week like baker has for example botman and edze i have botman that can happen any game week so the injuries no, no, argument- the point is it so just to elaborate on that point it's not about that injuries can happen anytime it can happen this week of course even after 10 it can happen the point is that if a bigger injury happens between now and 10 we are right now thinking we'll have to make sacrifices but maybe we don't have to yes, maybe say you know gets injured something like yeah. that so, but my point so, is that you can still accommodate with free transfer that's not a driving factor it could you could add that as maybe one of the supplementary factors but what you have to consider right is the points you're missing out on see the last two weeks for example the points i wild carded before you guys where have i got the points from primarily from defense 
like the double Newcastle guys from the goalkeepers, etc., etc. So you are obviously you're not you're limping across the line a little bit for the next two weeks, right? Your team is good, but your team is not quote unquote optimal, and maybe it'll never be optimal because you have so many good picks. But that's really what you have to weigh up. And I don't think yeah. that again what the differences you can like. Let's say you're talking about game week ten, you'll still be selling good picks. Like let's say you get Sun in now. There's no argument to not hold Sun in game week ten. Sun could still outscore any of these guys, and ultimately, what the wild card is still going to come down to is variance. If somebody had wild carded, let's say in game week three, they would have loaded up on Chelsea. Chelsea did rubbish. Yeah. So even if we have good fixtures, the team still have to deliver. So when the wild card, the success of it, it largely comes down to the players you're picking delivering. Well, where do you stands off on the form versus fixture debate? Because that's a very nuanced point to discuss. Where you know, let's say it's Diaby versus Rashford, right? Pre wild card, post wild card that we're talking about. Now Villa are playing Wolves away and then West Ham at home versus Rashford that plays Brentford at home and then Sheffield United away. Is it a guaranteed loss of points, or do you think the fixtures can recover? Where's your general? And I, I, I get where it's it's very subjective, but over the years, which way do you lean towards generally? I have normally been a fixtures guy. We say fixtures do breed form, but we've seen enough now from Manchester United, Chelsea, for example. I got rid of my three Chelsea guys, and we still had good fixtures. But yeah. I just couldn't see the form. Even in Manchester United, you can make a case for keeping them up till thirteen, fourteen, because they have good fixtures. But you saw Rashford getting subbed off at around the seventy-fifth minute when the team needs a goal. That speaks volumes. That where the team yeah, is right is. now. So at that sense, like you know, and we have enough data now to see which teams are in form. So I think right Fair now enough. I would say form plays a bit of a bigger factor for me than fixtures. Fair enough, and I buy that point. Plus, where do you Fair stand? No, on I that? think I think look, Zoff raises a lot of good, sensible points, but I feel Chelsea had good data to do well as well. I mean, it 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 ended up being the variance point that you're saying that look, we didn't back the team, but you know, it you also sort of the people who wildcarded earlier benefited from the fact that. Chilwell didn't play this game when they kept a clean sheet, or Sterling missed out playing false stand because he got ill. So there was there's a little bit of yeah, it didn't work out. Correct. And that's so, a variance factor. That same thing can happen between eight and ten. You could say, oh, this was successful because I played it in ten, etc., etc. No, ultimately Correct. the players you picked got points versus them not getting points. Exactly. And then there's an affordability thing. Like this wild card, absolutely nobody will have Trippier. So if they can't have Trippier. I'm happy to have Trippier in the next two weeks because I know that if I wildcard today, I won't have. Same with with Pranil. He will have Darwin. A lot of wildcards are tempted by him, but because now Watkins is an option, very difficult to have Watkins, Darwin, Haaland front line and have Madison and Son. So somebody will show a draft and say, yes, I can afford it. Fine, great for you. But what I mean is that it won't be a popular pick and Darwin could be the guy who scores a hat-trick against Brighton. So in that case, we will come back and say, look, you know, patience paid off. So... I just think if your team on paper, it comes down to if your team on paper is maybe 9 out of 11 good picks, 10 out of 11 good picks, not the same picks as other people have, but 10 out of 11, you think these guys can do equally well, then wait, because anything can happen over the international break, things can change, or if nothing changes, then you will find a way to afford a team you like in game week 10 as well. That's where I sort of wanted to conclude. Also, just one very micro point. If you are diving in with Salah, Son, and Haaland, like it's 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 a conversation to have. Just it's something that struck me. If you're diving in with Salah, Son, and Haaland, it's invariable that your squad is going to be very thin. Now, is that something that's? I just don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking. Is that something that's recommended 
in a phase of football that we are seeing so many injuries in terms of having such a thin squad maybe a good fourth defender and archer is enough do you think to suffice and move through that i think sala san haland is quite doable with a pretty decent squad what's not doable is sala san saka and haland getting the second like semi premium mid that's what's tricky and that's a decision i had to make for that structure versus a trippier and i decided like prasad mentioned the pain points are in midfield i'd rather cater to that where you can get like cuz ultimately i got i missed out on trippier but i've got like i got 12 points from botman i've got 13 points from share and that 2 million i've had it of, of course you can say sala didn't deliver right but then again you get that assist last week etc etc things can happen that's variance over there i still find the idea of spending low in defense putting that money in midfield the way to go and just to point on squad depth i just think that we are in this period where between game week 8 and game week 16 until sala is you know let's say optimal is the word or his fixtures is just too good that you can't even think about not having which is also a debate that we can have later should we let's um, do it now since you've sent okay. us some data so, so, let's so, do the sala debate let me just right finish now. the point on haland sure. uh, on sala what i mean is after that finishes after game week 16 run finishes of salas and he has tougher fixtures then he goes to afcon people will have value ma- money again so when you will sell sala down to let's say saka or let's say madison back then you will spend that fourth defender maybe people will have trippier instead of you know your 3.9 defenders i'm not very worried for that small phase because you have a nice archer who's got great fixtures between 10 and 14 because you can have another defender let's say burnley has great fixtures between 10 and 14 so my point is it's okay to have a small sacrifice to have a sala for little bit of lack of bench strength and lack of maybe the third best defender because it's a temporary phase i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here as in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Got it. Great point on the Burnley defense and Archer. Good enablers with good fixtures. I mean, not good enablers, but at least you're getting bottom price assets with good fixtures who are playing. I agree, but then I, I don't agree. I've seen certain drafts out there. Where, let's say, and we'll discuss one of them with Lamptey and, like, let's say, a Burnley defender. That scares me. We'll talk about that once we get to the wildcard drafts. Let's do the Salah discussion first, because that has a lot of determination on our think- thinking going forward. Pras, this is some data you sent me. Walk us through it. Yeah, this is all. This is all from the FPL website. So this slightly differs from the FFS uh, members area. They're all from Opta, but sometimes just people log certain chances differently. But in effect this is all the seven games that liverpool have had and per game how many minutes each player has played how much xg and how much xg uh, xa have they created the first caveat is of course liverpool have had four three games where they've had you know they've been down to 10 men so that affects your attacking data especially when you look at it the second thing is when you look at salah's data there's two penalties in there again you can say that's part and parcel of being a penalty taker but effectively what this is saying is so now two things number one there has been a preference in terms of minutes for diaz and darwin to play together and jota and gakpo to play together if you if you look at basically the trends game week 4 diaz and darwin played together game week 6 diaz and darwin played together so in terms of minutes now that gakpo is out and jota has been a little bit out of on the periphery anyway more recently 
pretty much i think we agree that diaz darwin and sala are going to start the next one if not the next two three in terms of attacking data diaz is right up there i mean diaz has essentially missed one game where he was basically it was post international break game week 4 where he was benched against wolves they were so bad that he was basically brought on in the game where he played 32 minutes against newcastle that was basically he was a scapegoat because mcallister no sorry van dijk got a red card so he had to come off for for matip or gomez somebody so apart from that he's starting he's xg he's number 3 or 4 in terms of x non pen xg of all midfielders so the question here is and i'll put it is to it xg or xgi ियस and trent can you do that or not i'm not answering the question i'm putting it to ulr you can we move to the captaincy matrix because that defines this conversation First, and it's not like we, should we not discuss the liverpool ecosystem itself sure we, we'll just discuss think, li- yeah let's discuss diaz i think let's not we can skip jota and gakpo for now because ultimately yeah. they're not suspended they're not in the conversation let's talk about the other two guys i think diaz you've already spoken a bit person now lr you're a darwin owner so i want yeah. you your comments on this So generally, in terms of Diaz, right? For me, so far, despite what data he's shown, right, he still seems like an, and not an enabler, but picking a Liverpool attacker pick because they're such a good a attack pick, pick rather than him, a coverage pick rather than him being a really good FPL pick. Like that's where I am with Diaz, and I don't think that is the. I don't share the same sentiment with Darwin. I, I feel incredibly. Uh, uh, frustrated that he had that little injury that he's carrying and that's something we need to monitor because it could be a potential issue in the future because i think there was a trajectory based on klopp's comments based on the way uh, darwin was given the european game and immediately 3 days later given the league game that he's shifting towards first choice and i feel like darwin 70 minutes shifting towards first choice his numbers per 90 and you never expect him to play 90 it's either 60 or 30 60 to 70 minutes or 30 minutes with darwin are the only one in the league coming close to erling haaland and for me that as a punt is worth it is just generally worth it because of the high incredibly high top tier like it's haaland and darwin in that xg per 90 and then a long gap and then everybody else that was my perception in terms of that being worth it and i still think post game week 10 because game week 9 again pre the international break he's playing in the Uh, somewhere, somewhere in South America. Yeah, somewhere in South America on Tuesday night, which is early Wednesday morning, and uh, you know, Jota is going to be fresh and he, likely he'll be starting, and you're going to get thirty, forty minutes of Darwin, probably, in that home game against Everton. But after that, I expect him to maybe start four out of the five games. Is where I'm. But again, you know what the thing with Liverpool is? Is it's it's a very uh, Horses for courses, form focus. Like one player, Jota has two good games, and then he's back in sort of thing. You need to be sort of prepared for that if you're making the Darwin punt. But I think we've reached a point of evolution where the numbers that Pras sent me once in terms of how he's doing when he's pressing, 
and yeah. he's top in the league for recoveries in the final third is what i've read that's the game change that's given Klopp more confidence to play him because pressing is such an important part of Liverpool's game. I think he's worth the upside, but you need to time it correctly and timing it correctly is potentially game week 10 wildcard. Not even game week 8 or 9 is where I am. I'd agree with that. What do you think, Zof, on on, uh, essentially covering Salah? So, you know, we'll come to the captaincy conversation because you can make a case for any player. You can say, I can cover Haaland in the next six weeks, eight weeks because there's other options. You can cover Sun apart from Luton. Maybe you can cover him in other weeks. Similarly, you can do for Salah. So you don't have to make an argument to say, I have to have Salah because I'll captain him in certain weeks. And we will have that discussion in a second. But if you have the same money, so let's say you said you had to sacrifice Saka or you had to sacrifice Sun. Basically, Salah plus 4.5 Archer is the same amount of money, almost the same amount of money as Sun and Darwin. So does that sort of change? Would would you do it for these fixtures that are so incredibly good? Or do you think it's just too far? See, I think I think Liverpool are the marquee team. They're the top three teams in the league, and I don't think you compromise. And what I learned, this was in the Kane seasons very early on. You often, I often tried to cover him with Ericsson or Ali, something like that. It just never worked. The main guy is the main guy, and ultimately captaincy. We will talk about it a bit later. I think it is a huge factor now post the international break. Will I ever captain Darwin? Hell no. I'm never yeah, confident agreed. of him starting. I'm never going to go there. Am I going to captain Diaz? No. I don't even feel confident captaining Saka or a son to the same extent as I do a Salah. Saka could give a penalty to anyone on that day. Right? And here we see Salah. We know that McAllister is the better penalty taker, but he's still taking the penalties. And he has so many strings to his bow now with the bonus, XA and everything. For me, going forward post-IB, absolute non-negotiable. But I'm a Salah fanboy. So I can't say no, I'm not I, biased there. To be honest, I, I am the same. So I want to use that as first to say that I, I I don't see any way I will go without Salah. I may go without Sun before I go without Salah in after after Game Week 10. But I'm just saying, look, on the eye, he is, he is now basically the guy who gets the ball. Nobody comes to dribble him. He finds that pass. Right, he's finding those passes. He's not the guy actually making the dribbles and shooting what we've seen him do so much. Look at his numbers. I mean, his xG basically, if you take out the two penalties, and actually it's more than that because the second penalty that he missed, actually the Bournemouth one, he then got more xG for actually shooting so close to the goal. Basically, he scored the rebound. So actually, on an xG basis, he's same as Diaz. So then the question is, is xA so high that he's basically a De Bruyne? with bonus on penalties, which actually is amazing, but it's not the same 300-point Salah. Is that too much of a stretch? Or, LR, do you see, at least from the eye, that there's a little bit of change in terms of how he's playing? It's not too much of a stretch. There is a case of the goalposts shifting a little, where earlier, and there are two teams in Liverpool. There's the Gakpo Jota team, and there is the Darwin Diaz team. If it's the Gakpo Jota team, I feel like Salah's probably the primary goal scorer because Gakpo sort of plays the Firmino role and both of them are split forwards. It isn't the case in the Darwin thing where I don't think Salah's Liverpool's primary goal scorer. He's a very important goal scorer and their primary creator. Like he creates that many good chances a game. So he's going to be involved in points. And the fact, the crux of the matter is nobody offers as much reliability of expected minutes that Salah does. In the, probably the best attack in the league, given what we've seen of City so far. They're, they're definitely in the top two attacks in the league. So nobody offers that reliability. And there's penalties. You almost think that the slight lack of 
goal scoring menace that Salah has gone down on by 15-20%. Those goalposts have shifted. It's sort of made up by how creative he's become and how much of a bonus point monster he's become. Because he always used to return. And now those returns are now close to De Bruyne-esque five-point return, six-point return. So he's covering that up as well. And I'm trying to debate that internally as well because I was playing around with a game week 10 wildcard. It isn't easy. It mm-hmm. isn't easy. Like if, if we can just move to the game week 10 fixture again, Zoff. Like just, let me just pull it up quickly. Like how do you not have Son for a run of Palace, Chelsea, Wolves, Aston Villa simply being the forward in that uh Spurs team. How do you not have Saka for Sheffield United at home and Burnley at home and then Wolves at home in a period of five fixtures? Then you're thinking about owning a Jared Bowen in Everton at home, Forest at home, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home. Then you're thinking of owning Ollie Watkins and Diaby for Luton, Forest and Fulham. Like, there's just so many options. Like, how do you manage this? It's You're going to go up against one or two elite assets. Definitely Salah's up there because they are the best attack out of all these options. But there's going to be tough decisions come game week 10. I'll just say that. That's, that's, and that's where we are. And there is going and, to be a big variance. Certain picks will deliver and certain won't. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it, it might come down to for game week 10 wildcarders is by the time game week 10 comes around. And the thing is, we might not have just enough information because we're expecting Darwin to play 30-35 minutes in game week 9. But if Darwin emerges as first choice, that's the only way you can cover Liverpool with Salah. Again, Salah. Like, I I don't see any other way for that to happen. I still don't think you can cover Salah. Then Darwin becomes a good pick on his own right. I think when you do that, you're not looking to cover Salah. You're just looking to get a good pick. I'd, I'm yeah. not, I can't be convinced that you can cover Salah's points as such. Salah will continue to tick along. You expect Darwin gets close to that. I guess that's a definition yeah. of cover. What do you mean yeah. over there? And what we're doing here essentially is just offering food for thought because we are internally debating. We don't know what the right answer is. Pras right. and I have looked at wildcard options in 8 and 10. And we are figuring what the hell to do if now or if in 10. And I, I think now is the good time to move into the captaincy matrix because it just makes a good point that Pras was saying. So if you're trying to cover or looking at captaincy options in game week 8, you're captaining Salah or Son. I think Salah is the better captain right now because we'll get into that later. But expected minutes for Son are slightly questionable given the injury that he's carrying at the moment. In game week 9, you've got Salah having Everton at home, but you also have Son having Fulham at home and Haaland having Brighton at home. Then in 10, you have Salah with Forrest at home and then you have Saka having Sheffield United at home. In 11, you have Salah having Luton away and you have Haaland having Bournemouth at home. In 12, you have Salah having Brentford at home and Son and Saka having good fixtures. So at any point you're looking at this, there is alternate good captaincy option available. And that is even taking out teams like Villa offering good captaincy options at home at the moment, where we are seeing players scoring four or five players. So it's a conversation to have. It's a conversation where you need to sit down what you're more comfortable and what you're not. I mean, when we were having this conversation with Zoff, and Zoff's first reaction was then maybe it's a conversation to have about Haaland, not Salah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, and what is the give and take, you know? Because if you lose out on one Uber premium, and by Uber premium, I mean Salah or Haaland, it sort of enables a trend differential. You can't go there. You can't go to trend covering this captaincy without losing, uh, without keeping both Salah and Haaland is where I am. So, yeah, food for thought. That's all. But not just trend. You could, instead of Bowen, you could have Saka. Like, you could have Sun, Saka, Salah draft without Haaland. Yeah. Again, I don't think people will do it because 
actually, if you step back and think about it, Haaland for me is the best captain in game week nine. No matter what, how good green those look at home against how Brighton are looking right now, it will be okay. Let's say it's close, but I feel because of ownership, because of you know it's post international break and 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 whatever, I think he's one of the top picks. I think in eleven he's the best pick without question. Then I think there's another tricky week, which is game week thirteen, where everybody has a bad fixture, but again Haaland is at home to Liverpool, so there's nobody who you can say maybe Sun Villa, but Am I trusting Man City at home against an average defense? I think I'll probably captain Haaland in game week 13. So there are, I mean, you, if you guys feel differently, but I think there's three weeks in the next six that that you can captain Haaland. I'd agree. And with that. just again, what do you think, Zor? I'd Sorry. agree with that. Ali. Like you could even say that, like you know, Liverpool and Tottenham at home are good fixtures. And what worries me about Sun, right? Just look at the Fulham at home. I don't think it's a great fixture for Sun. In particular, because it's going to be again deep block. Like we discussed, the last two fixtures were the games where Sun gets that room to run inside. When you see a good fixture at home for Sun, it's not the same thing as it is for Salah or Haaland. Do you guys agree with that point? He's not reached that level of yet, I think. In trust I just don't think Fulham selection. is that deep block I, kind of Yeah, Fulham is openish. Like I like Fulham as a fixture. But I agree the deep block point. I don't like him against a okay, Palace or Maybe not Fulham is a bad example. Just even like any of yeah. the other teams you can say. He's not the yeah. same, like, trust, you look at an easy home fixture like we saw with Sheffield United, Salah would have delivered there. It's a very different kind of player who son compared to Salah. But you need to make a subjective judgment call because I won't be surprised, provided Son plays striker, that he has more goals than Mo Salah by the end of the season. Very possible. Like, very possible, provided Son plays striker. He's playing striker in an Ange team, then he's good for goals. Like, that's the important thing. Again, just, just you know, I was in the members area for scout and just citing some numbers uh non-penalty xg so far this season bowen's top at 3.54 son is second at 2.94 then you have saka at 2.48 sitting somewhere seventh or eighth is salah at 2.22 just npxg so far this season and npxgi salah's second he's matching saka at the moment and son is at 4.21 and the top two are at 4.96 and 4.95. Number three is Bruno. And Rashford is number three for NPXG as well. But United is just underperforming at the moment. And we spoke about how confidence. But those numbers aren't saying Saka is the best pick. Sorry, Salah, Salah. is the best pick. Yeah. And it doesn't sit right with us because we are so used to Salah being the king of FPL and you know, his finishing is good. And when Liverpool are a team on song, you don't bet against them. And I don't want to bet against Salah at the moment. It's just food for thought for you guys. That's all. Correct. But this is why I feel it is just a holiday period of Salah in our team, which is really yeah. odd to say, given what we have all worshipped in the last four years of five years of FPL. But I really feel Salah is only there on holiday for this really insane run where some of them, he could be the best captain or the second best captain. Enjoy those points. Release the Salah money after 16. And enjoy your benches and, you know, so not, I don't want, when I wildcard, I don't want to worry that much about my, if one game week I need my second sub and I end up playing, you know, uh, Bear, I'm okay. Because I'm I'm folding Salah for this short honeymoon period. And after that, I'll spread his money. And then I really do think that Sun will score more goals because he's creating more XG. He's scoring goals. It's back to the old Salah versus old De Bruyne argument. De Bruyne gets bonus, De Bruyne gets assists, not enough goals. But this is obviously seven-game sample only. This may change by game week 10 and Salah's got a brace and then we're all saying, okay, Salah's goals. And, and Salah's definitely a better, bigger goal scorer than what De Bruyne was of. 
like that he he's he's secondary sort of striker in that team is is where we are plus penalties the, yeah yeah i think we've done enough in terms of at least offering enough food for thought thought between a game week 8 and a game week 10 wild card i think what we can move into is there are many people wild carding in game week 8 and that conversation can be congruent with picks that you want to get into right now picks that you want to buy right now i think that's a good point to go so we can maybe do the game week 8 ticker and a game week 8 draft right Let's just do the. I think we've had the ticker up for a while now, and we can always just go back to it. I just want to read out the draft that one of you guys sent me. It's. I'll just go through it quickly for the audio guys. Turner, Ariola in goal. Cash, Poro, Odogi, two cheap defenders in Lamptey and Kabore in midfield. Salah, Bowen, Diaby, Son, Nakamba as a four point four. Watkins, Alvarez, Haaland, essentially a three four three. Now, Elar, yeah. you sent me this draft. Just explain this to me. What your thinking is? Yeah. The- I mean, there are few things, few picks that I'd go for, no matter what. I, if if going now, I'd go Salah for sure because I think he's the strongest captaincy option this week, and we'll uh, talk about that in a debate that later. Later, but he's a very good captaincy option this week, and he's good as a differential until game week ten because Saka doesn't have the good fixtures right now. So I'd give him a miss for two weeks and see what to do with regards to Saka a little later. Uh, Alvarez is a slightly debatable spot because they play a very strong Arsenal. So you can get rid of Arsenal. I don't have very high team value, so you can get rid of Alvarez and instead put Archer in there and keep a Madison in there and go for a slightly uh, different defender. But it's a very tricky proposition to go for defenders. But I'd stick Bowen in there. I'd stick Villa assets in there. What do, what would you guys change in terms of a wild card now? Uh, Pras, you want to go first? I think the popular one will be Madison instead of Alvarez here. Yeah. Um, but you have to find point eight million, right? For that, in let's say you put archers, you need to find like close to one million. Where are you going I to mean, find that? From Saturday, so I'm thinking a lot of people have gained some value of some of you know yeah. from the people who've risen like Salah. My team value is terrible. I held held on to Chelsea United for too long, so this is a Hello. different. Slightly below average team value sort of draft. Which is better, right? Because we got yeah. little bit blamed last season for putting up teams with high team value. It's always be better we do it with lower. Because so people will have to stuff. sacrifice the Bowen spot because Bowen feels like a luxury with the two difficult fixtures now. You can, but if you still are believers of West Ham, and I think a lot of people will have West Ham picks in game week ten, you can go for Ward Prowse. You can go for let's say even a Gordon. I mean, Eze would have been high if he wasn't injured. Uh, because he's got a great fixture, so that one spot, that bone spot, you can play around with to get and afford a Madison instead of an Alvarez. But it, this is what I mean. This this draft, you can ask any game week eight wild carder. He, they'll have the same two goalkeepers. They will have cash. They will have Poro or Odogi, and a four million defender and a cheapo defender. So there's one defender where you're differentiating yourself in game week eight wild card. They'll have Salah. They'll have Diaby. They'll have Sun. Probably everyone will have Madison as well. This draft doesn't have it, but a lot of them will make it work. And the other reason why you want Madison is you want that slot there if you want to get to a Saka at some point. You may not get there by game week nine, but you may want to get there in the future when you're selling Salah or somebody else. game week 12, because game week 11, they have Newcastle away. You could potentially keep Arsenal till 12. Correct. And and then in attack, you have Watkins and uh, Haaland. Pretty much everyone wildcarding now will have Watkins. The only variation here is some people may say Watkins, maybe, you know, it's more we're knee-jerking. He's still over seven weeks. He was okay. I'll still stick to my second city attacker and I'll get Trippier as my defender. That is my differentiator. So that could be something that people look at. Just in terms of now, let's go 
you know, position by position in terms of just general recommendations that we're liking. And Zoff, I think now we can move back to the ticker so that we're just helping out the wildcarders here. Good. I just want to give, give a few me... comments first on my yeah. take on what players I would change. The goalkeepers are fine. Spurs defense, I definitely wouldn't double up. Because like we saw, the next two are good. In fact, I think Luton score. Luton are improving every game at their own ground. They will give Spurs a game. It feels like a 5-3 sort of Burnley kind of scoreline. You keep probably Pado. If I was to pick one today, I think Pado is head and shoulders above. That's quite clear. And now the price difference is only 0.2. So you pay that extra. I like the idea that you've skipped on Newcastle defence. I think the best two fixtures are past them now. West Ham have scored in every game. Palace now without Eze, again, good fixture. Then it's Wolves away. And then we can look at the fixtures, I think, for Newcastle. They get quite tough very soon. I think they have a bunch of home games against Chelsea, Manchester United. Of course, they could keep clean sheets, but they're not ideal. Arsenal, etc., etc. So I think you can possibly shade that for now. Because there's an important conversation to have with Newcastle, right? Botman is potentially injured, which makes their defence slightly weaker. Like, And it also takes away the best value pick in that defence. Like you're wondering what is happening, etc., with Newcastle. So that's that's the yeah. that's the thing. A lot of people have I've recommended big... burn. But the thing yeah. is, I did a lot of research, spoke a lot of with a lot of Newcastle fans. The spacing was very kind on this side of the international break between the UCL matches. Like even now they play on a Wednesday, then they play on a Sunday. Once they start getting that Wednesday, Saturday turnaround, which will happen at some point over the next few months, that's when you need to start worrying about burn because Livramento was very good when he played midweek in the Carabout. Car- target was decent as well. So you might see the odd rotation with Burn. If you're okay with that, it's fine. But I wouldn't really do that right now. Then, like, so and the two four-point four defenders feels risky to me, because as soon as you get an injury, like you saw with Botman over there, you're going to start umming and eyeing over that spot. Go ahead, Ella. Yeah, I think let's just do this position-wise because I I think just some recommendations to make based on position-wise is a good idea to do. Yeah. Uh, keepers, if at all you're considering anybody else, where would you go, Zoff? I would, in fact, now even look to save 4.0 down there because I think Turner is going to lose his spot imminently. He was quite poor versus Brentford, quite shaky. Get 3.9 and go Ariola. Save off 0.1 yeah. over there. And, and I'm quite get convinced... the, the Brentford uh, second keeper, Stratoshka. Exactly. Whoever just a 3.9 does, just save Pray 0.1. that Flecken loses his spot. Correct. Yeah. Then possibly no. that, like, Kabore is fine. Kabore maybe could put Bay. I've seen certain teams well, with Charlie is... Taylor. Go ahead. Before before moving to defenders, I'd say the only other keeper that I'd potentially consider is Johnston. I think my perception of Palace as a very good defense has sort of changed. The only problem is, and it's something you mentioned before we got on the pod, is that Eze being out injured for six weeks, just make sure that they have to fully park the pass. Crystal Palace might not have as much of the ball that they did, which was a great point that you made. So that sort of takes it away because without that news, like... If I was looking at Madison instead of Alvarez and then getting a defender instead of Udogi or uh, uh, Poro, it would be a Palace defender maybe as a shout. Just because they are a stable defense that you can rely on. And or I, Raya. I, would, I would go for Anderson in that case. Raya, again, you can look at but I can get you a Gabriel at 4.7. The thing is, we discussed this before my wildcard so much. was When you're getting an Ariola, Ariola is not an Iverson or a Ward. What we had last year where you can say that spending 4.0 gets you Rubbish points. Ariola is a good goalkeeper in a good team who are on the up. Yeah. So I think at 4.2, just spend the lowest possible in the lowest upside position. You can get the, your yeah. Gabriel and all that stuff in a, in a, like, you know, your outfield players where we are struggling around. Today, like I'm thinking Cash, Porto. I'm right now struggling to recommend a third guy and around the 4.5, yeah. 5-ish bracket. I would probably even say Gabriel. Yeah. Just get him in for the exactly. fixtures that are to come. Because Chelsea away is a good fixture for clean sheet anyway. There's possibly only the City one where it's a little bit dodgy. 
exactly why you see why I put the double Spurs defender at just, you know, uh, I spent 10-15 minutes building this draft and I'm actually building a wild draft draft. There's five days of thought that goes into it. But like the first, because there are more attackers than I want, that I have, that I like, instead of defenders, I just took the easier way out to go double Spurs defense. But you want to get rid of this double Spurs defense sooner than you think. So that's just the conversation to have. So I would probably downgrade Udogi and look to upgrade Lamptey, maybe Gabriel there. Lamptey, maybe you could even roll with double guys, like maybe a double Kabore and a Burnley thing if you really want that. But I wouldn't place Lamptey in there for sure. It just feels very flaky. He himself is a player who you can expect getting injured any second, right? We know with Lamptey's history. So possibly avoid that. And I understand team value is a problem over here. So I do have that in mind. Again, Pado is... Uh, you could possibly downgrade Pado as well. Because yeah. again... If all... you have... Go ahead. If you have slightly more money, a couple of shouts that come to my mind is one is Dean. Because he's actually been a lot more attacking than Cash. He's on four yellow cards. So just keep that in mind. And you need to have enough squad depth. And Moreno is about to get fit. And then, just out of the blue sh shout, Liverpool defense is improving. What do you think about a Van Dyke or a Robbo? Mm, the thing is with Trent, right? Then Robbo becomes very much deeper. So I wouldn't yeah. possibly go that. Again, Van Dyke is, I think, is a bit too much for what he offers. Robbo's the same price as Trippier. So, so no chance. So exactly. And Trippier, the thing is, look at those home fixtures against Chelsea, Arsenal. You still don't mind a Trippier, Newcastle, because all the tough games are at home. He's still going they to get clean attack. sheets against Arsenal, Man United last season at home. So absolutely, they're so, a good team at home. They're a good team at home, and Trippier can always get that set piece, etc. So again, I don't mind that pick. But I'm again struggling to recommend picks in defense. Besides, I would say Cash, Gabriel, maybe one Spurs defender. And probably go cheap after that. Let's just have a quick look at the ticker because a palace or one kidney I was going to recommend. Let's look at a longer view. Let's look at the next, let's say up to game week 15. You probably don't go forest. Burnley, again, we saw the fixtures are good. You're not going to go wolves. Villa. West Ham, actually, somebody you could look at, I think, as well for your yeah. home rotation. Again, yeah. badness too is the problem that will put people off. So I think, look, long term. So forget that we're you're on wild card and that you need to score points in the next two. Let's take, like you said, long term horizon. Who are the defenses we want? Newcastle, Arsenal. I would still say Brighton after game week ten, because their fixtures are so good. And particularly Brighton. When I say Brighton, it's stupid. And if if the assumption is that he's had his naughty step of half time subbing because he was poor in that first half, then I think those are the three picks. Whether you go for Burn, you're taking a risk with Burn. If you go for a Botman, if he's fit, much better pick. If you go for a share, even better. Trippier, even better. So again, funds are an issue. Then between Arsenal, I think you have Gabriel, you have Zinchenko, superb prices. You can easily go for a double up even, obviously after the Man City game. But long term, that's the defense to have. And I think that's then your cover, right? I mean, I don't think Aston Villa is a really long-term defense that you want to have after game week 13 as well. So Cash just feels now good for 13, then you can deal with him after. Six game weeks is so, a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Six game weeks out of a 4.5-ish, five, he's got 4.9 now, but it's still good value, I would say. Just circling back to uh, Estupinan, has the goal post shifted for either of you in terms of expected minutes? Because Lamptey's been decent whenever he's played. And what happened against Villa was that Diaby was causing us to put on a lot of problems. But does that make you worry long term or you think he's good? He's just too good to be second choice, etc. Zoff? A little bit. Because I'm worried about Deserby's comments. He says we are struggling a little bit with three games every day. And I think Stupin and looked off it. 
he didn't look like his stamina, energy, sharpness, whatever was not there. So little bit of a rotation risk comes to me as a concern, but I would still pick him. Because at 5 point, I think he'd probably drop to 5.2. Most people will have him at 5.1. I think he's still good value if you can cover him for the next two fixtures. Yeah, man. You know why I mentioned Van Dyke, right? Because after eight, it's Everton home, Forest home, Luton away, Brentford home, Fulham home, and Sheffield United away. Because what you so can just do possibly get, what I like, let's say you can get a share now, and that was the main reason, yeah. one of the reasons I thought of share. You can always convert him into somebody like an Estupin, and maybe you don't have to go as soon as twelve or ten or whatever. But that placeholder, the structure is there in place, right? Right. Midfielders, I think, are quite obvious. We've covered the flurry of good picks when we're talking about rotating yeah. good picks. I'm, but I'm any still enablers... very high on Bowen over Watt-Prowse. And something I noticed in the West Ham game, Watt-Prowse wasn't making as many forward runs this time. It was Suchek. And this is something we didn't see from Thomas last season. He would usually see play, see play a deeper role, but he was constantly breaking into the box with Watt-Prowse yeah. playing deeper. He's number one on my watch list in midfielders at the moment. Like I've started... The, He's a striker. The, I always... Like the guys like your son, Bowen, right? You Once you see an outer position midfielder playing striker, they're gold. And, and he said one season of underperformance and one season of overperformance. He's overperforming. He's confident. West Ham are just a team in a good place. They're a much better team than last season. I think they've invested really well. Don't really have to worry too much. Like I have a note which says notes for wildcard whenever I wildcard. Like it just says, do not compromise on Jared Bowen. Like I feel that strongly about him as a pick right now. Just looks on it. Yeah, looks very dangerous. I like it as well. I think he'll be a good enabler to get some of the others. Seven point two is still a great price. Highest so far, first seven games. Highest uh, XG and, and, and non-pen XG. Yeah. yeah, and I probably wouldn't stick with the three four three. I'd still like to go with the three five two. I like still Archer as a first sub, and besides that, I think the hop on off offs are still better in midfield. I'd, I would sacrifice yeah. Alvarez probably and sound a little bit of recency bias, but probably keep Watkins in there now. What do you think of Neto as an enabler? I like They've him. got decent I like, I like him more so than Gordon, I think, because he will rotate Gordon, I think, no matter how thin their squad is. Once the UCL fixtures come thick and fast, he will see some sort of rotation. Fixtures are good. Yeah, Villa home, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United away, Fulham away and Burnley at home. Five good fixtures in the slate of next eight, which is pretty decent. All playable fixtures. Yeah, I'm looking at him as potentially an Mbumo downgrade to enable some money later on. JWP also as an enabler is fine. And you know, some people might have an issue doubling up. I think as an enabler, he's going to... I think both these picks are going to But you should not pick the... Bowen. Like a lot of... We were talking to yeah. Baker earlier. So he doesn't want to invest yeah. in the West Ham because he has JWP. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should let that... If he's there as an enabler, that's fine. But Bowen is a great pick. Exactly. I'm with you on that. And DIB would be in there. One one pick I want to discuss, and I think it's going to be interesting, that wasn't in process list, is Soboslai an FPL pick? What I've noticed in the last two, three games, he's taking positions uh, sort of Gundaganish. And he's trigger happy. Has scored a few goals. Is on set pieces as well. Is he a pick, a glue guy, nailed on for minutes, more nailed on than anybody else in that seven to nine million for Liverpool? Just a discussion to be had. He, I don't think he's very withdrawn. I think he's quite attacking, especially when they play Jones, Mack, and Soboslai. He's sort of like the advanced state amongst all three of them. Better picks in midfield, in my opinion. If also a little early him. for me. Because at the moment, we've not seen Liverpool really play a lot against deep blocks, teams that don't want to attack. They've had difficult games. In the difficult games, 
he will never create the underlying data because they are not in the box as much they you know most yeah. of the chances you can even visualize it in your head come out of defense suppose like gives it to sala sala makes a pass diagonal pass to someone so yeah. he's passing assisting the assister or the potential assister so his numbers are actually poor apart from these worldies that he's obviously he's shown that he's he can score i want mm-hmm. to see i want to see if he's actually getting the goals the tap ins i want to see tap ins what's his price what you're saying actually if you're 7 million if you're talking about like uh deep blocks it almost sort of makes him a better pick because you're thinking of yeah. odegaard style cutbacks and he's trigger happy he's one of the best shooters as well so it's just one place to monitor so i'm agreeing with you early. deep block it he yeah. may be better but yeah. i would see it rather than sacrificing a precious mid slot at a 6 pips yeah. at a 7 million price bracket i think you're getting yeah. talent it's a monitor at lower prices than the, i won't go there i'm quite convinced on Fair that enough. you got your yeah. mitomas and even kudus i think kudus is going to be a name we haven't even mentioned over the next few game weeks he's too good a player to not be on the radar interesting is... question in the chat who would you sacrifice if you had to sacrifice one out of bowen diaby or madison i'd move madison on to bowen in two weeks i'd get madison great shout huh? great shout two prime fixtures just great shout I think that's yeah. pre- that's pretty clear to me. I think, but Madison for the next two, and I really think he's potentially a better captaincy shout than Son against Luton. Because let me ask you guys, how many returns do you think Madison has at home this season? Five, zero, zero, <laughs> all away, all away, all away. Again, wow. happenstance, small sample size, etc., etc., whatever you call it. Fair shout, fair shout. Man, it's a tough. Uh... fun but tough fpl season we just do a game week 10 wildcard quick comparison just so that people can visualize the differences and plus you send this to me so you can just walk us through it yeah so f- the first thing was i've got flecken in goal here only out of showing off that there's enough money in the bank uh, you know it's not like we can't afford the team so uh, flecken was there because i think he has a double right so he has a double coming up in 20 and by the way we will after this let's not forget talking about a late wild card as well because a lot of people ask the question so there will be a double game week very likely in game week 20 for for brentford and for man city so he was just there as an option but i think very likely people will just go same keepers basically ariola and 3.9 so in defense now i think defense is a little bit clearer because there's a good open view of good fixtures for arsenal for brentford sorry for brighton and for villa at least in the short term so these three defenders are fairly natural picks you could go for double arsenal defense if you wanted to let's say stupian is in looking good you go for double arsenal defense zinchenko is 4.9 uh, then midfield i think bowen clear pick no need to think about it diaby next three games of luton nottingham forest fulham don't think about it Mitoma, we can talk about him, but Brent Brighton have very good fixtures, and he could be a glue six point six. But there are many six point six options, so an option, but doesn't have to be the one. I have started here with Saka, and there is a million in the bank, and the million in the bank basically does. I want Saka for Sheffield United, and I hope and pray that Sun does okay against Crystal Palace away, and then because again deep block Crystal Palace will be deep block away. So then you move Saka onto Sun, and the idea would be that in three weeks, once Aston Villa have played their good fixtures, you downgrade Watkins to Solanke, you upgrade Diaby to Saka. So then, long term, your team has Salah, Saka, Sun, which is basically the team you want, and it has Bowen and it has Mitoma. That was the thinking. What is oh, two weeks? Obviously, away. 
what this tells you is if you have son instead of mitoma you just can't afford it with southern harley essentially of that's what of course it tells you and you need to have to make choices at that point which you can make at that point but that's the dilemma that's going to come in front of you or you have silanki in attack now you you sacrifice what kids yeah he's a good enabler shot i think i thought andy let's talk fpl shot him out as an option as an enabler good fixture on pens yeah yeah you'll need a couple of those glue guys i think to trade along to afford the big hitters just an, an outside shot i want to make this shout right now is whenever fati has come into play in their brighton team he's playing sort of as a 10 striker hybrid playing very central not on the wing at all his positioning that he's taking up is very very encouraging just watch that space so just a quick comparison gents between the game week 8 and 10 wild card the main difference i'm seeing is spurs Because you see, your Salah, Bowen, Diaby, Watkins, Haaland is there. Son can become Saka quite easily, right? You see, Mitoma yeah, but and Bowen's then Bowen's not there, right? I think we agreed that we will sacrifice Bowen out of Diaby. Let's say for Madison. Madison. Let's say Bowen comes here for Madison. So you probably slot that again. You keep in mind you have transfers and see what I've usually done in the past few seasons, and I've learned it. If I'm wild carding early, when there's the next big wild card window, take hits. Maybe because maybe yes. I've, I've made some points up in the let's say I made up fifteen twenty points in you guys. I need to make sure I don't get left behind. That week I need to be aggressive. Maybe even take negative eight and realign with the new wild yeah. card. So that is something for people who've already used their wild card. I think on game week ten when there's a swing, don't be afraid to take the hits over there. So yeah. fair. I think okay. defense is different. So I think apart from cash, the two defenders will be different. Right. Bowen will be different. Mitoma will be different. and for one week saka will be different so that's five differences assuming no other problems in the game week 8 wild card occur between now and 10 right and i'm yeah. keeping my i'm advocating going for gabriel now i'm just saying keep yeah. him in place and uh, jumping on form teams now who have middling fixtures at the moment not really great fixtures on paper i think that's also an important nuance you have to take in mind correct yeah yeah I don't think there's so, much of a difference to be honest. I think you just more need to take a mental state. If you're unhappy with your team, the way I look at it, wild card. There's not significant differences where I can tell you that this is definitely better. Ten is definitely yeah. better than eight. I I don't think there's enough. No, there is not. There. Of course, there is not. Yeah. And then everybody yeah. would be doing that. But right. it it is enough team dependent for people to say if my team looks bad and I really want Villa and Spurs now, wild card now. No need to right, wait for ten. Yeah. If your team looks okay now, and you can say, "Look, I'm seeing these teams with Ward Prowse, who plays Newcastle and Villa. I'm seeing these teams where I have Trippier, and they have Watkins. For me, it's fine. I have Alvarez. So, if you're seeing that, and you're saying it's not very different, then the value of waiting for me is huge. Let's not underestimate the value of waiting. Even though the teams are only five picks different, those five could be seven if you get injuries in other places, or if something else happens, or information changes." So Watkins was in no wild cards last week. Watkins is in every single wild card this no, week. Injuries will definitely happen, like you seen. Yeah. Like teams last week who wild card had Botman and Eze. You just have to be aggressive yeah. and take hits. Then that's the only that's the only loss over there, I would guess. Yeah, and you will need to be aggressive because if you're going with Salah and Haaland, your squad's going to be thin as well. You will need to take hits. Like that is. And going I think to one one thing we forget is you tend FPL is about certain paths that you take depending on what things happen. Right. If we go back in time. some people chose madison over sterling and vice versa people who chose sterling then went sun the next week because they wanted some cover for sheffield united people who had madison 
thought I don't want to double up on Sun and Madison because I don't want them for Arsenal and for Liverpool. So one change makes you go down a different path. And that, you know, people who had Gabriel in the beginning of the season, they changed him to a Gusto or a Colville. Now, that was obviously they were sad that they had Gabriel. They had to choose to a, choose a Chelsea defender. They've had more points than other people who went Sterling and Jackson because of what happened. So I'm saying the paths become so different depending on even one change that five changes is a lot. Yeah. And also, I think people just need to understand. And I think one one thing is people are panicking a lot because of rank. Like this week, I had 30 points. I fell from 500k to 1.8 million in one shot. Now, I know of people that owned Levi Colville and jumped up 1 million because of a single assist plus clean sheet. Like one player who's slightly... And not everybody is very highly owned, actually. It's a season of middling ownerships for a lot of people. One player, double-digit haul, takes you up 500, 600, 700k. So don't let that rank make you panic or exaggerate, even if you're sitting outside 4, 5 million. Two, three hot weeks with the right guys and you're jumping in no time. And I think this is going... You know, people are saying that by come around game week 18, 19, things might change. I was looking at a post from uh, Planet FPL and Suj. And uh, there... Uh, they set up a team where they have made no transfers. That team is doing better than all the three teams on this podcast and both the teams on their podcast. And that's the nature of the season because there are so many good picks at the moment. So I don't think it's going to be easy to climb up, but I think the shift in ranks might be extreme in the future as well. So don't panic when you're extremely falling by an extreme margin as well. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, well said. Well said. What else should we cover? Guys? Let's cover captaincy. Let's do 18-19. Let's Before... do because there oh, were sure. questions. Sorry, of course. Go ahead. So, Before we cover 18-19, yeah. since we've given you guys so much food for thought in terms of what to do for 8, what to do for 10, Adam's told me hammer in this point. The likes to people watching this uh, podcast ratio is very, very low. There's about 850,000 people, 900 people watching this. Just please, please. please. Zoff, you tell them because I tell them every week. Tell them to hit the like and subscribe button. Hit like and subscribe, guys. It really helps us with the algorithm, helps us with our reach, encourages us, and we appreciate it. Cheers. Go on, Zoff. Go on, Pras. Okay, so people who are looking to say, this discussion, by the way, we didn't have with the no Salah discussion. If you don't need Salah, and if you come down to it, you're, you know, after everything we've discussed, that I'd rather have Sun, Saka, Haaland, Watkins, and Trippier, let's say, then you could just say, look, I don't need to wildcard. Because a lot of people have are wildcarding to squeeze all their money, upgrade their Saka position to a Salah. Essentially, that's what is happening with the wildcard. Now, that will that may well pay off and we expect it to pay off. But let's say you're of the mind that I'm going to sacrifice on a, on a Salah. I, I don't need to captain him. I'm going to get a Darwin or a Diaz or whoever. So then the alternative way to do it is basically you go through the this period or you sell whoever, to get to a Salah. So I'm not saying it's the only way. But let's say you go through this period. What will happen is after game week 14-15, both Brentford and Man City have decent fixtures. So what people might do is they'll be tempted to not buy an Alvarez, not buy a defender, because they will say, oh, they're going to blank in game week 19. And game week 18 blank, sorry. Game week 18 blank is confirmed because they're playing in the Club World Cup. So... What a wildcard does then is you can still attack City a little bit more. Then you can sell them before the wildcard, before the blank, and you buy them all in game week 19 wildcard. 
And Game Week 19 wildcard is basically the last week. You can also do it in Game Week 20. But it's the last week when you can wildcard and get all of these guys back. Because it's very, very likely, because it's a free midweek, that Game Week 20 will be the double. And the double for Man City will be Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home. So that's the point where a lot of people will want to have triple Man City. Maybe you can even say you want to Mumo and a Flecken. So basically, you can maximize that double and you can get all these guys while other people will have to take a hit. The other benefit is you won't have to bench Haaland. A lot of us who are wildcarding earlier will probably just say, look, I don't have enough transfers to take out Haaland, get Haaland back, get two more City guys before the double. I'm just going to bench him. You get Ollie Watkins, who has a great fixture that week. And now I don't know, I have it in front of me, who he plays in game week 18. I expected to have it memorized by now, Pras. It's a good fixture is what I remember. So game week 18, Villa play... We'll check. But the whole thing with that, Pras, from what I'm understanding is, you're sacrificing a lot in the weeks leading up to that for just optimizing for a short period, right? You're sacrificing United. if your team isn't in good place. Like so many people could be on Arsenal, Son, Spurs already. They're sacrificing potentially Salah because all the others are available in one move. So that was his caveat. If you're happy not constricting your funds, that that was the caveat. Correct. So yeah. that's that's I, I think it's viable. But there's a reason why mm-hmm. Zoff has already wildcarded and LR and I are thinking about wildcarding soon. That there are losses that you can take in your team just for that one thing. And from what I remember, Brentford's double isn't great in 20, right? Well, I mean, whenever City is one of the teams, then it's difficult. It's, it's, so I think exactly it's City plus, away and Crystal Palace away. Yeah, I tend, you can possibly like you know get to City even in for a hit. I don't necessarily think that's a good enough reason. Only if your team is in good shape, that's fine. But because they have the double, etc., etc., it's too far ahead to plan for. Yeah. Plus, you want the City doublers on the Friday before the double. So this was one my my big con. Like you know, you can sit in on on Boxing Day when you have to actually wildcard, and you can get your three city thinking, okay, Alvarez is fine now, and uh, maybe Ruben Diaz is fine now. But you never know. Like you know, during the busy Christmas period, if you want your triple up before a double game week, the best time to do it is basically on the Friday after after Pep has spoken, and then you get the two who you have maybe the most expected minutes out of. But also, when you're going to be wildcarding, then. You're going to be wildcarding, not just for the double, right? You're going to be wild. The value also is that yeah. if your team hangs on till so late, you're going to keep a short-term view about six, seven weeks at that point also. So if your team is in good shape, and I've like one of the examples I want to cite is FPL General. He's doing really well. He's been sitting patiently on Trippier and Watkins since the last two, three weeks. He's been very patient with his players so far this season. He might not need to move the wildcard if he continues on the same trajectory. And I, I know a lot of managers who are assessing whether they need to shift their structure to accommodate more. Because if you're doing... It's the only reason you're probably going to wildcard that heavily is to accommodate more. Because if you have Spurs, Arsenal, and a couple of Villa, West Ham in place, they're not difficult to get to. It's not difficult to get to that team. Minus Salah at the moment. Just one thing I wanted to mention is that Saka can possibly... And I'm using the word cover very loosely over here cover the captaincy somewhat for Salah because you have Haaland in 9, home to Brighton, then Saka 10, home to Sheffield. 11 again is good for Haaland, 12 is good for Saka. 13, you could go Liverpool. 14 again, you have Saka, Wolves and Luton. So if you have to go without Salah, that's the sort of captaincy rotation I possibly like. Correct. Yes, so. Now you see it. It's there. 
But I just there don't if you pr- want to. That's exactly. That's the only alternative I can see. But you will need alternatives yeah. to Haaland, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I can't, I'm not looking forward to the decision at all. Let's talk about captaincy for this week now. I think it needs about a good few minutes of discussion. I think it's possibly for let's get Haaland out of the way. Not an option at all. I mean, if Haaland other teams never... also had difficult fixtures, then yeah, but not now. I mean, this is the week to go against him. I think so. Without Rodri, I'm not confident. Yeah. If... Worth pointing out that Stones and Bilba are training today. Bilba is a big one. Both. Bilba is a big one. Really, really big one. And Because Kovacic gave away the ball so much in that game, had a really poor performance. Nunes has been decent. And Bilba is a big one. So, I think there are opportunities to captain somebody else. But Haaland is never not an option in my opinion. Precisely what I would like. Let's talk now about Spurs. Now, you mentioned, Ella, that Sun could potentially be more fit because we saw him go off that game. And there's a video posted by some Korean Twitter accounts about him grimacing in pain after coming off the bench. And now what worries me is they have the Korea international right after. If you're going to flog Sun for 90 minutes, there's no way you can say to South Korea, guys, he's not available. He's not fit. So that might play into it a little bit. And so again, very high energy game. I think they can potentially do without Sun. I'm not building a narrative over here, but do you think he gets 60, 70 minutes as a captaincy option? And is that enough? LR, I'll ask you first. 70 minutes is enough, in my opinion, for Son as a captaincy option. I'd agree with that. Trust? Yeah. I agree as well. I mean, I'll tell you what, what happens with such games, right? It's the Sheffield United example. Newcastle scored in the first 10 minutes, Spurs game didn't state. score in the first 10 minutes. It's just state. his game still. If Luton leak one goal in the first 15 minutes, we could see Son get double, triple return. But if they don't, it's it's just that is the factor. Not much else. And by the time deadline arrives, you're probably going to know based on how leaks work these days whether Son is starting or not. I agree. It's the first game. Yeah. No, no Mahatma Gandhi Not yeah. necessarily, Pras. We don't know yet. Let's not. We don't know that it's only Tuesday. Let's wait for some team news. We assume he's of going course. to start. But obviously, things can change. Wait for the... I would say don't make the early transfer. I didn't. I didn't have the option to do it. I took the price fall for Saka and the rise for Sun. A point to swing. Just because I want to be completely sure. Since it sure, is the first yeah. kickoff. Gandhi curse doesn't worry either of you guys? No. We, we played FPL in the era of Robin Van Persie. I don't care about it. Fair enough. And especially when Spurs play no midweek games. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. So I, It worries me in game week 9. Now, it's rich for me to say because I don't rode Salah. It worries me in game week nine because Liverpool play the first game and Klopp has complained every single time they have the first early kickoff after an international break. Last season, Liverpool had six games, early kickoffs. They didn't win a single one. This this time, game week four, they had an early kickoff, losing to Wolves at halftime, made subs, and then they won. But that worries me for different reasons, not because Gandhiji has said that you can't captain. Yep. What about and also, Matt? Liverpool have their fair share of South Americans in that team. Diaz and Darwin both are fairly important to that squad. So and McAllister. And McAllister. Wow. It's quite a lot for that and team. And Salah's in Africa. So, like, yeah. they travel across the continent, all of them. Let's talk about yeah. Madison as well. I think if you don't own Sun, do you need to get him in? Let's say, because assume you're looking at the Fulham game, do you need to get him in just to captain him? Because you're not going to do it next week against Fulham at home. He's a good pick, but can you possibly swerve him and captain Madison? Madison is a decent captaincy option, especially because of the deep block conversation that we're having. Again, this is a fixture that is going to facilitate the runners, possibly if you're expecting Luton to sit back. I 
still captain son over madison 9 out of 10 times but madison is a decent captain sishan it's a minutes right because again son could be again playing devils advocate here but since he's playing with the injury could see him aggravated in the 10 15 20th minute anything's possible with madison i know i'm getting 90 plus minutes for sure the set pieces etc etc things like that not for sure he's had his fair share of early subs he's also carrying a nickly bit of uh injury for a while now you know yeah. there's been 75 80 85 minutes subs a lot for madison also but i think it's a different level because we saw that game yeah. also as well sun got subbed very early madison played almost till 88 90 he is carrying it but i feel a bit more secure with minutes over there i think he's a decent shout because again this is the game we can expect madison to arrive late in the box the last two games we expected him to do a lot of dirty work this game i expect madison to have solid goal threat two other options i want to discuss yeah. go on trust no i was just saying if, if the player doesn't have penalties i'm just put off by going for him over a guy who has penalties like for me both salasan are better than madison easily because of penalties but do you but do you know that madison doesn't have penalties we don't know i mean that. we are we can i think i think uh, postcoglu said hinted that sunny's on or something like that but no we don't he, we can't be sure until we have it he said son and madison are a part of the penalty group is what he said so that's where we are we don't know for sure yet is all i'm saying it's like madison is on pens or, then sun, then that actually makes sun for me i can lose sun in game week 10 world cup so actually i would love to know that all three of us are on the assumption that sun is going to be in penalties so yeah. yeah that aside i just wanted to mention that that's all correct let's talk about some of the others and i think sala should be right at the top of the list I think Brighton don't like playing teams who play these long balls over the top with your pacey runners in behind and traditionally I think Salah has done quite well in this fixture minutes are safe Brighton have a tough away game against Gattuso's Marseille on Thursday the th- so I don't think this is a easy fixture at all for Brighton it's a big banana skin what do you guys think Salah over Sun yes just because of minutes I think similar but but yeah a better fixture for for Sun but no minutes for for sala so i think it's very similar to be honest yeah if if uh, you know postcoglu tells you on friday that son's done he's recovered well he's put his problems behind you on friday then that make that would make son higher than sala for me that's a good point what do you guys think of a uh, rogue darwin shout now that cody's not going to play and jota is suspended for this game I would still prefer Sun. I think if we know he's starting, possibly Madison over him. Forget the ranking, just generally, because neither Gakpo nor Jota can play. You might get ninety minutes for Darwin, something we haven't seen till now. Like, yeah, I mean, Go Doha could come and Darwin's still carrying something. Also, you know, it's worth mentioning that. But if he's fit, it's something that's playing around in my mind. It's just a rogue shot. Same as Madison for me. Uh, both yeah. good options should get a return, but not on pens. Doesn't make me feel as confident yeah. captaining over somebody who's on pens also has a good fixture. And one option I want to discuss: Bukayo Saka as a captaincy option against a Rodri less Manchester City. How do you feel about that? Ceiling doesn't feel high. I expect him to get one return, but not more than that. I think they're better picks. Because we've seen goals in such games, even last, last time. Last fixture also, and I th- right now I think he's contributed to about fifty percent of Arsenal's goals. Yeah, It could have been more with Off the penalties. Offer NPXGI this season amongst all mids. Hey, Pras, we need to discuss that, man. 
you got away with bloody murder like how have we I not mean, mentioned that on the podcast so far man look uh, what i will say is uh, i was very happy that i didn't watch the 3 pm games i was basically out with the family and i decided there's too many games too much noise i'll be on my phone the whole time i switch on the phone and i basically check at 5 pm penalty 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 and i'm like this is i'm going to stop playing delete my team and then i realized that actually you know it's only saka only scored one and the other two he didn't take of course it's huge 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 luck i mean i don't know if it's something that continues or it was just a one off that saka became charitable this particular day maybe in games where he scores first he doesn't he's not that desperate to score again so he gives them away but yeah very fortunate but then but then i then the next thing i checked was the dia's own goal um <laughs> and then after that every, nothing has gone right so i feel like uh, but i this one was whoever sold saka man it was a big big let off yeah man i just i'm nervous man, about man. selling him now even for son i doesn't feel right selling saka i tried to do everything i can to keep him but the rest of the squad does suffer with saka son it is doable but then the defense becomes absolute rubbish 4.5 is all around Yeah, and I like Madison. I think for the next two, that's why I think I made that decision. But one eventuality I want to prepare our audience for. Let's say we get late news that Sun is benched. Who is the next best? Do you go for Madison if you don't own Salah? Yeah, I've got options in Madison and Darwin. So I'll go there. I will buy a Richarlison. That's an option or something. To, but I want us to have a short discussion just in case that, that does happen. Right? We don't know. We're boarding on Tuesday. I think you go for Madison. Madison Saka if you find a way to Salah nothing like it as well and Darwin these are all good options i mean danny is considering captaining like, i could probably even just go haland that in the case that since he probably okay. get one return at least yeah dan's considering captaining bruno fernandes this week home game against brentford he's like i'll just play the fixture brentford hasn't looked that good i was like surprised it, it it's all united need to do is easier said than done is polo watkins essentially yeah right like, but brentford in big themselves. games with the back three a totally different prospect when the other team has more of the ball yeah yeah yep not very cool let's move to our teams yes let's do that right this is my team up first ariola in goal cash share stupinan sala cap saka madison bumo diaby Haaland, Alvarez on the bench. Turner, Archer, Botman, Kabore. I've already done one of my two free transfers. I moved Rashford to Madison before the price changes. I have about a million in the bank, which affords me Saka to Sun. I'm hoping Sun somehow doesn't make it, so I can focus something on defense. I don't really don't like the look of it with this week. Yeah, it's it's a hope. So it looks likelier than yeah than non likely at the moment. But even if I bring Sun, in Sun, I'm going to do the old LR, keep the insurance there, and probably go Salah cap. Yeah, it's a good idea. I I think Salah is a good captaincy option. It depends on what Postecoglou says on Friday. Honestly, correct. Ariola versus Turner is a bit of a decision now. You think with Azay out? He just still create chances. I don't know if I'll yeah. play Nottingham Forest away from home. Yeah, They're away, yeah. right? Turner, yeah. yeah, and Turner might not start, and also, I mean, if he starts, so it's just... not a decision anyway. Like goalkeeper isn't getting subbed on unless you're Arteta. I, I've played the wrong keeper on two or three occasions already this season. I just want to remind myself because I regret it every time you I mentioned it earlier. Also, right, the the middling teams. Yeah. 
they just work and you you're going to get your 9 10 point hauls in those games it's already happened with johnston last week i got baited into turner wasn't a good decision i just don't know if rotation is a good idea simply put yeah just stick because you miss out on the stick to ariola i agree with that yeah. i guess and if you're going with ariola then see that out through for the next 10 weeks because you'll hit a couple of 10 point hauls as well so just stick with it i agree with could that could you but not yeah. have done soft could you not have done uh, uh, rashford to sun directly No, I didn't have any money in the bank. Zero. Oh, you didn't have. Okay, okay. Because it feels like like you could have avoided Madison, gone straight to Sun, and then. What I could have done, I could have possibly downgraded Estupinan to a four point five or something and gone that route. But I like the prospect of Madison for the next two game weeks, and I can always come back to Saka by downgrading a Bumo somewhere yep. else, raising money from defense. I don't plan to come back to Saka till twelve. I know you no mentioned. No Spurs wing back Bumo. Little bit, but then again, I don't expect them to keep a clean sheet. Away to Luton, I think Luton do score. Fulham home is good, but the fixtures after that are quite tough. I guess you could look at Palace yeah, as a good fixture. That. You could look at Palace yeah. as a good fixture, but then again, after that you have Chelsea, Wolves away, tough fixture for a clean sheet. We've seen the attack, Villa, Man City. After that, it's not that great. And plans yeah. for Watkins? No plans. Probably see after the international break, see what I can do money-wise. I'm not. I'm not that opposed to holding Alvarez as well through those fixtures. No, it's absolutely fine. I mean, having a Newcastle defender and Alvarez is absolutely fine. So pretty much, yeah. I think Saka to Sun will be my second move. That's what I'm set on. Anything else you guys would yeah. suggest? No. No, I mean, I'm looking. I'm comparing wildcard drafts. You're basically just Watkins or Alvarez and a Stupinian instead of Spurs defender. If you do Saka to Sun. Right. Okay, Mbumo. You can argue. We can have a discussion in Mbumo as well. By the way, what is he's, com- he's completely broken, man. <laughs> you have broken him, man. I mean, I, I mean, look. I think partly you you mentioned it, right? They're suffering from injuries, so it wasn't a great performance. But also, I think Brentford are not a poor team. They'll find a way. They'll create some chances. So I'm still okay to hold him picture. for the next. This is well. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> the they also is... have Burnley at home, right? Next. Yeah. They're Burnley at home. Yeah. That's really the carrot I plan to hold him for. I don't mind taking a hit for a Bowen, for him out in some place in around game week ten. That's when the big shift is. And generally, they could have had a penalty the last game as well. I think had a couple of good shouts for a penalty. What will be interesting to see is whether Bumo plays up top now at Old Trafford or at wing back, because we know he's going to play that back three. He does so to the big six. He's going to play Mbappe and Wissa or Bumo on the as a right wing back. That would really completely shift the goalposts. Because then again, after Burnley, you have Chelsea away. If he's going to play up top against Chelsea, I don't mind. But if he's going to play wing back, nah. Agreed. Plus, this is your team, with Sterling and Bumo. Yep. Yep. So, Pickford didn't get me the clean sheet finally against Luton. Um, yeah. Look, just didn't work out. But I will play him now for the next two weeks. Well, him and then Turner next week. So, Pickford in goal. Bournemouth at home. We'll see. We go again. Trippier. Finally, my sweetheart Trippier is back. Who gave me a very jammy assist, but got twelve points. The same. You know, we repeated every pod. Clean sheet, assist, three bonus. So, uh, so he's there. Although it's a difficult fixture, but still, I think happy with that. Uh, Diaz. Finally, he could do something. Um, then Saliba will become Poro. Pretty much ninety nine percent. So I'll wait. I'll wait till uh, till Saturday morning. Then Madison, Sun, Rashford, Sterling. We haven't actually had a question. So let me finish this and then let's oh, yeah. have a quick Sterling chat. Yep. 
and then umumbo we just spoke about alvarez i'm just going to be back in a second guys yeah yeah so alvarez Ella and haland doesn't hear any ill about sterling we can't speak exactly. about sterling no 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 bad chelsea talk actually we managed quite well not to talk chelsea this week um so so this is my point i'm actually fairly happy with this team there's not a single player maybe i can say watkins um that i'm actually thinking i must have okay sala but then sala you needs the wild card so there is so i'm actually okay with the team so therefore i'm not considering a wild card i would and, say uh, sterling i think i know we pre party guys were mentioning about burnley's high line they're not playing that high anymore he's adapted a little bit and i don't think sterling gets in ahead of palmer on the right if everybody is fit from who played on monday i think sterling will be on the bench so i'll have to obviously research on on what some fans so there is conflicting views a lot of people feel he'll come in for mudrick so we will see i mean he you know poch did say he was ill so my two transfers before i wildcard are saliba to poro and sterling to a dead end it could be diaz against everton it could be morgan gibbs gibbs white against luton something like that so sterling is going next week it's only this week if i have enough conviction that sterling starts or not and saliba to poro is just a no brainer good good pick for the next two next weeks two. so that's yeah. the plan that's perfect then. for the next two i think that's possibly more optimized you take your chance with sterling in that case right if he's yeah. benched he's benched i mean i can do saliba to poro and sterling to diaz right now for a hit but then it doesn't feel right taking a hit two weeks before wild card especially cuz diaz after the post ib you're like yeah, believe me exactly yeah. exactly and also yeah. sterling is a the burnley fixture is a good match up for a player like sterling you like that burnley like to hold possession and that slight high line thing as well and mudrick is also a good matcher but i just think that he will go, sterling's like yes palmer played well yes mudrick did decently but sterling's been chelsea's best attacker in the last 5 6 weeks and you know i think i'm hoping that that holds uh, instead when pochettino is picking his team this week because i like the match up against burnley your team ala Right, I've got Johnston in goal, Kabore, Bayer, and Estupinan as my defenders. Uh, in midfield, I've got Sun, Rashford, Saka, Madison, and Sterling. Up front, I've got Haaland and Darwin. Uh, potentially planned moves are uh, Kabore and Chilwell to either Poro and Lukadin or uh, Udogi and Dalo is where I am. so i'm going to make sure that i'm starting two playable defenders uh, you know dean is on four yellows but i feel like you know if he gets a yellow this game i'll just wild card in nine put it ahead a week early is where i am cuz why worry one week in terms of a wild card isn't going to make a difference too much and i'm actually just hoping that something like that happens so that i get to wild card in game week 9 because game week 10 i'm flying off to thailand in the middle of uh, the week for a bachelors and i don't know how that's going to work like i've been trying to debate this uh, and ex massage uh, in terms of you know you'll have more time than you will when you're at work but you will also potentially not be very focused you'll be far more relaxed bachelor. won't you though you'll be relaxed <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no sala <laughs> yeah yeah I have taken those decisions, uh, you know, when I've been in Goa, etc. When I've jumped on players, taken some risks, etc. They worked out more than not. So you know, maybe I'm uh, uh, relying on instinct more if I wild card in ten. But yeah, I'm, it is what it is, and I can't. We play the game we do, and uh, you know, if you have to be on your phone when on a bachelor's in Thailand, it is what it is. So what's the move you're planning again? Two defenders out: Chilwell and Kaboreo Bear. 
for one Spurs defender. You have two free transfers. Two. I have one free transfer. It's for a hit. Yeah, I just risk it. Just risk play, it and play uh, beer hope, against your lot. Play Kabore for the attacking return at home. No, no, but he want he wants to. He's gonna risk it for two weeks then. Just doesn't two feel weeks. right. It's a different. Yeah. I've been not taking hits for the last two weeks and it's been costing me Botman, with the... Yeah. Botman also isn't getting back from what I hear post-IB. Yeah. I don't think he'll be back for nine. I would take yeah, the I'll hit. Yeah, I'll just take person. the hit. Yeah, and I'm, t- I'm I'm making sure if I take a hit, it's for like a Dean or a Dalo. Right? Somebody who has potential to offer a clean sheet as well as an attacking return is where I am. Hmm. And just say my prayers is where I am. Because I think the attack is fine. Okay. In terms of just, just a little bit of a discussion between Udogi and Poro, and I had this chat with Bega because... Like I don't know if you guys saw it, but like against uh, Liverpool, and I don't know if it was because they were against nine men or something. Udogi was playing central striker so much of the game. Like his positioning was so good. Then I had a chat with Baker. Then I had a chat with Jazzy, who I discussed a lot of FPL with. Both of them had the same comp in terms of Poro is more like Trent. He's just the better player. He's offering a lot more quality. So while his positioning on paper might not be as strong as Udogi, he just has the better shot on him, is the more complete player, has the better pass on him as well. So, it's more Trent versus Robo as a comp if you're making it. That's the point. And for one-two weeks, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. yeah. One-two weeks, anything come, can happen. Come next week, Pras, you're sitting with Poro on a 15-point and I'm sitting on a Udogi Yellow for five-point. Poro own goal. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Let's wrap up, yeah, guys. Yeah, Pras, no. the chat is going a bit crazy. They're asking you to read certain super chats. I have read them and my son watches the pod. So I can just say thank you for the comments. But uh, yeah, no comment. No comment. No comment further. Let's wrap up, guys. Any last words? <laughs> I just read that super chat. I urge everybody. We don't delete our super chats. I just urge everybody except Pras's son to reach that super chat. All right. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Our our Discord league, uh, our Discord league. Uh, please, uh, you know, if if you become a member, you join the Discord league. Our September winner will be announced tomorrow. So once once the uh, Luton game is finished and FCAs, we haven't talked oh, about yes. the FCA. You haven't given FCA plug. So the the content awards, uh, there will be a link at the bottom of uh, the video. If you can, please vote for us. We're really keen to sort of put our name forward here. Uh, and if you love our content, please, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, man, just vote for us if you like our work. And uh, Pras is definitely one. getting one vote. We already know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you like those kind of super chats, also, <laughs> Pras is quiet. quiet. Like Pras is no quiet and smiling. I'm too old for that stuff. <laughs> I don't believe that. I do not believe that you're too old for that stuff one bit, Pras. I don't believe that at all. Pras has got a little hidden tiger somewhere in there. I'm not going to Thailand, you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Right, 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 right. I just, uh, never mind, I I don't want to go there right now. Uh, That's it, thank you guys, thank you for being, yeah, yeah. thanks for being with us, and uh, there might be a chance you might see a video on Thursday, or we might get one of the many members in the community who are on a wildcard just to have a 30-35 minute discussion with them. On wildcards, uh, it's not confirmed yet. We'll see how things go. But until then, see you next time. Take care, guys, and good luck. See you. See you. Good luck. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Good luck on the pitch, Pras. Thank you. Good luck to India in the upcoming World Cup as well. We should give that shot. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yep.
Sports Social Podcast Network.